In the procedure we're going to do today, we're going to replace a posterior amalgam on a maxillary second premolar with a unique resin that actually is a very dense, almost like packable resin, until you place a sonic energy on the resin, which makes it like a flowable. So with this special energy, it'll actually act like a flowable, it'll flow into the cavity preparation. Then as it releases from the sonic energy, it becomes very condensable, almost like amalgam. This, this particular resin we're going to talk about today is more like amalgam, the way it handles, than any other resin on the market, which makes it very user-friendly, easy to place, carve, and get great posterior contacts. In this particular view, I'm using what we call the REEL, R-E-E-L matrix from Garrison Dental Solutions. And you can see it's similar to a Toffelmeyer-like band where it completely encirculates the tooth. The nice thing about this, it doesn't have a little handle that we're struggling with and putting the matrix band in. It's very easy to use. And you just, as you see with this on the tooth, we get a nice contact. And as we put the wedge, we do get adaptation of the matrix to the proximal floor. But we don't get an equal degree of separation between the gingival margin and the marginal ridge. The matrix we're going to use in this restoration is a Garrison Dental Solutions matrix system called the Composite Tight. And it uses a sectional matrix. As you can see, it's a small little matrix. It doesn't encirculate the entire tooth. And then we use a ring. And these are what they call the 3D rings. And the purpose of the ring is, again, to separate the teeth evenly from the gingival floor to the marginal ridge. As you see from this photo, how tight the contact is, how well this fits against the tooth, and as you can imagine, there's not going to be much excess to remove. There's just no place for it to go. So finishing will be much quicker and much easier for us with this resin. Now that the matrix is in place, now we need to fill the preparation. I am a total etcher, where you etch both the enamel and dentin with phosphoric acid, and then you use a hydrophilic primer followed by a hydrophobic monomer. So in this particular case, I'm going to be using Kerr's Optibon FL. And, and I choose FL because it's a fourth generation adhesive that's been on the market for almost 20 years. I can show you cases that are 17, 18 years old that are still sound, sensitive, free, and they're successful in my practice. Also, it will adequately, and certainly the researchers there, that it'll bond to etched enamel as well as dentin. So we're going to etch the enamel. Typically what I'll do is I'll put it around the enamel periphery first, then I'll fill up the rest of the preparation, etching the dentin, count to 10, and then rinse. Obviously some of you are using a self-etch resin system or primer. You know, it's not my philosophy, but certainly I understand that. Certainly you're going to limit any chance of sensitivity since you're not opening up the dentin tubules and exposing the donoblastic processes. If I was to use a self-etcher, and again, I think there's a place for that, I would certainly look at one of the newer systems, a two-bottle system rather than a one-bottle. And the system I would recommend for you self-etching people is the Optimon XTR. You see the studies look great. I can't show you 10-year studies, but I think I will 10 years from now. So you may look at that system, the Optimon XTR. After we place our etchant, and this is a 35% phosphoric acid, we're going to rinse thoroughly, and then we use a high-speed vacuum, our suction tip, to remove the excess moisture. We don't want to over-dry the preparation. With our total etch, quote-unquote, damp technique, we want to make sure we don't have too much water, but we don't want to desiccate the tooth. So my assistant is just putting the high-speed vacuum over the tooth for about five seconds, sucking out the excess moisture. Now we're going to place our primer, and this is a two-part system where we have our hydrophilic primer. 
So you can see here where I use a small microbrush with a hydrophilic primer. This is alcohol base. This is Optibon and FL number one. We're placing it multiple coats to make sure that it completely saturates that etched dentin and enamel. Typically, it'll take about 15 to 20 seconds. Then we need to air dry thoroughly, and this is a critical step. We want to make sure as we air dry that, that now that creates a hydrophobic layer because we're going to follow through with a hydrophobic resin. So make sure you have moisture-free air source. What I'm using here is, is made by ADEC. It's called a warm air tooth dryer. It's a, about the size of a hand piece. You put your foot on the rheostat, it blows warm air, dehumidifies the surface, evaporates off the alcohol. If you don't have an ADEC warm air tooth dryer, you can use your air water syringe. Just make sure that there's no moisture spitting out the end of that, that tip. Typically what I'll recommend, as you can see, is come about two or three inches from the tooth, blow a little air, allow that hybrid layer to set, and then as you get into the tooth, air dry thoroughly. Again, this is an alcohol-based system. Some of them may be acetone-based. We need to make sure we get all that hydrophilic carrier off the tooth. So air dry thoroughly with moisture-free air. Our next step is to place the hydrophobic resin, and this is the, the bottle number two of this two-part system in the Optibon FL. It's lightly filled, so you can see as it adapts to the preparation, we're going to rub it on both on the enamel and the dentin, and then we're going to air dry thoroughly just to thin it. And there's no hydrophilic carry, we just want to thin that, and then we're going to light cure thoroughly in typically about 10 seconds. And this one has a photo initiator in it, so we want to cure it, we want to set the hybrid zone, so now we can place our restorative. The resin we're going to use to fill this is a very unique resin, like nothing else in your refrigerator, your closet, or on the market. You can see here, this is actually a multi-flex from Cavo that you'd put your handpiece, whether it be high speed or slow speed. Now we take this sonic activating device, it looks like an ultrasonic scaler, we just snap it onto the multi-flex, you can see how it just rotates around that. In fact, you can see there's actually a little dial on this that goes from one to five, which, and you, you'll get this a little bit later as we do this procedure, where you can actually dial in the rate that this resin comes out of the tip. So this resin is prepackaged in these little tips in multiple shades, and we're going to go ahead and remove the, the base part of it. We put it into the sonic handpiece, and it's threaded, and you can see as we screw it on there. Once it's in, we're going to obviously take the tip off the end of the cannula. You can see the angle, it's almost a 90 degree. It's short enough that I haven't had any problem getting it to any teeth in the mouth, second molars, third molars even. And you can actually bend the tip a little bit, not a lot, but enough that if you do have orientation problems, we certainly can get it in. So the, the preparation's been etched, the primer's been placed, the primer's been cured, now we're ready for our filling material. Now, the beauty of this material is I don't have to incrementally layer it. I mean, in the past, the way I did resins and the recommendation in the industry was, first you put a very thin layer of flowable to adapt to the cavity preparation. Then we'd light cure that for 20 seconds. And then we'd incrementally fill that preparation in two millimeter or less increments. And we did this because you couldn't really cure through much more than two millimeters of composite, so we weren't getting adequate polymerization. Second is that the polymerization shrinkage, because most composites shrink volumetrically, it would actually break our dentin bonds. So again, traditionally, we put a flowable, we put multiple layers, trying to get it against that matrix band to get a great contact, and curing each layer for at least 20 seconds. Again, time intensive, technique sensitive. 
And if we compare that to how easy it is to just cram an amalgam in there, pack it in, carve it, take off the matrix band, I mean, that was, that was a problem for a lot of clinicians. This material has very low shrinkage, which means we're not concerned about, when we polymerize it, breaking the dentin bond. Secondarily, it has a five millimeter depth of cure. That's two and a half times what we see with most of our composites on the market. So we're not going to incrementally fill. We're not going to use a flowable because, as you see this material, as soon as I put my foot on the rheostat and it comes out the tip, it acts like a flowable. And so we have great adaptation at the floor of the box, which we're always concerned about that. Great adaptation against the walls of the preparation, the gingival floor, the pulpal floor, and against the matrix band. So we put the tip in, just like as we do an endo-type fill, at the base or the floor of the box. If you're doing a class one, it would be on the pulpal floor. As we extrude, and you can see it, it's very flowable, as we extrude it through the tip, we just lift the tip out of the box. So we're basically backfilling it. Once we fill it, and you can see it here, now this flowable composite, now that the sonic energy is taken away, now it becomes like a very dense condensable. And you can see we can actually condense it or, or pack it, almost like an amalgam. It's totally different than any of the other resins we use on the market that are available. We can condense it, we can carve it, and we see the matrix band is an excellent, going to give us an excellent contact. We can actually pack it against that if we needed to. There's lots of different instruments you can use. I mean, we all have our favorite instruments. This is actually what they call a compo roller and it's from Kerr, and the nice thing about it, there's these little nylon tips that are disposable that snap onto this instrument. They're available in cones and cylinders, and it's very easy to carve, and it doesn't stick. Not only is it because of the nylon, but also the material itself is not sticky. So again, we're almost handling it like an amalgam, which you know we've always liked the way that handles. So we're gonna go ahead and carve up the excess. The more you carve up now before you cure, the faster this procedure will be. You can see how fast that filled up. It was less than probably 30 seconds. It had completely filled the cavity preparation. Now I'm going to carve the excess. You can use a half hollow back or whatever you like to kind of shape your marginal ridge. And then we can light cure. Remember, we have five millimeters of depth of cure. And rarely do I see more than five millimeters, but it'll probably behoove you to just take your periodontal probe. If you do have a, a deep proximal box, just take your periodontal probe and make sure that it is five millimeters or less up to the marginal ridge. And I have no problem on some of these deep restorations, if it's six or seven, to fill the majority up, light cure that, and just put a very final layer. Again, five millimeters depth of cure. Now, that's assuming that you have an adequate light. I know some of you have lights that you bought, some extravaganza in 1982, and that's probably going to make a better doorstop than a curing light. You know, the, the, the curing lights we have now, especially the Plasma Arc, and I'm using the Demi Plus from Kerr, and they have a greater depth of cure, they're more powerful, quieter, lighter than the Plasma Arcs that people said were so great several years ago. These are great lights, so make sure you have a good light. Now we're going to remove the matrix band. Typically I'll remove the ring first, then the wedge, although you could take the wedge out first in this particular system, and then we'll take the band out. And the band is Teflon coated, so you notice the composite doesn't stick to that like we had with some of the systems in the past. If you look at this photo, you notice I haven't done any finishing other than placing and curing. Yet look at the contact. I mean, look how well-defined already the anatomy is interproximally. As you can see, there's not much finishing. And again, we all know, me as a clinician, I've seen where I've taken the Toffelmeyer type band off 
and there's so much excess resin that it takes me longer to remove the excess resin than actually to fill the cavity preparation. You can see from this photo, that's just not the case. So I am going to take a 25 micronic diamond with water, and I'm just going to redefine anatomy a little bit. Sometimes I'll use a number 12 scalpel blade, remove a little bit of excess. After I take out the band, just to make sure I have adequate cure, I'm not real concerned about it, but again, I think it's like hedging my bet. I'm going to take the Demiplus and I'm going to cure from the facial and lingual down near the tissue for another 10 seconds, both facially and lingually, just to make sure I have adequate cure. Now that we've removed our excess, we adjusted our occlusion, now all we have to do is polish it. And these happen to be just tips from Axis, but they're available in a disc, as you can see here, as I polish in approximately a fine point. And then we'll do a final gloss with, again, there's numerous systems out there on the market that you're probably using now that work great with Sonicville. It doesn't need anything special to achieve that high gloss. You know, in summary, you saw how easy it is. You saw how dense it is. We don't have to worry about air voids or as we pack multiple layers, creating air voids. We're not using different materials, first a flowable, then another material. It's time saving. In fact, I've probably spent more time talking about it than it actually took me to do the, the cavity preparation and the placement. I mean, typically I tell people under three minutes and closer to two minutes on these MODs, DOs, or MO restorations, and you can see how nice this restoration looks. So let's look at the radiograph. And here's the pre-op, had an amalgam. Again, we know what amalgam looks like, and it's hard to see exactly how much decay was in there. There's quite a bit of decay on the axial wall. So once we cleaned that out and got rid of the decay and filled it, let's look at the post-operative radiograph. You know, can, is it dense as an amalgam or close that we can actually see if we ever had recurrent decay to make sure we have an adequate fill. And you can see radiographically the density of this material, the sonic fill material, as well as a nice contact we're able to achieve with our matrix system.